everyone, and welcome back to Can't Hardly Wait Minute. The podcast where we analyze the 1998 graduation party classic, Can't Hardly Wait, one minute at a time. I'm your co-host, Aaron. I'm your co-host, James. And it's minute 96. Mm-hmm. Which is the final full minute yep. of this here movie that we've been talking to you about for the past several months. Yeah. Oof. So, yeah, I have minute 96 beginning with Preston and Amanda gazing at each other. Mm-hmm. And I have it going through the part of the credits, basically Seth Green's uh, credits page. I think I think I have that, too. Uh, for music, there's a part of the song I'm going to talk about in a second that goes bump, and, like, it hits right at the minute mark nice for, for me so yeah it was you'll great. be shocked to hear that i did not register that at all i mean it could be it was a matter of seconds so it may not have even worked uh um, i don't yeah. know that i could tell you what song was playing if you held a gun to my head i bet i bet if i held a gun to your head and gave you a multiple choice you could sure sure multiple choice probably all right, all right. metaphorical gun mm-hmm is this Third Eye Blind with a new song for the Can't Hardly Wait soundtrack? Is this uh, a second Dog's Eye View song? Is this The Replacements Can't Hardly Wait? Or is this a song by a band we have not talked about yet? Can you use test-taking strategies? <laughs> is it C? Yeah, it's C. Oh, also, good. Maybe D. I don't know if we've talked about The Replacements yet. <laughs> I don't know if we have either. <laughs> <laughs> As I said it, I was like... You can't take it back now, James. You are a poor test writer. <laughs> so. So. They kiss as the camera fades back to wider and wider shots is my first note. Yes. Uh, my first note is Preston looks so delighted by that kiss. Like, it is a truly beautiful moment from Ethan yeah. Embry. Yeah. Where he, like, you just... You see him processing what is happening, and he honestly, he is like a child opening a box on Christmas morning and getting just licked all over the face by the puppy inside it. Oh, well, that took a a different turn in my head, in like the image in my head. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Yeah. That's okay, though. No, I mean, not (laughs) unaccurate. I realized there is a point, there's a trivia part about this kiss. So let me just search the, uh, the the term mint. Let me spell the word mint correctly. Mint? Uh, okay. Gen- Jennifer Love Hewitt gave Ethan Embry a teddy bear full of breath mints for their climactic kissing scene. He says everyone on set knew he spent most of his time smoking pot in his trailer, and she wasn't too keen on kissing him, who described himself as a skunk-scented chimney. Oh. He said he gladly used the breath mints as they alleviated his cotton mouth. Oh. Well... I mean... So I've been thinking about that all movie. I would like to think that he gladly used the breath mints to make her more comfortable, and they had the bonus effect of alleviating his cotton mouth. Right. But, you know, if he gladly used the breath mints because he's like, oh, sweet, Tic Tacs are the only thing that makes my mouth feel better after smoking pot for hours on end. And I guess it's also a bonus that I'm now a mint and skunk-scented chimney. Ugh. You know, do you think the fact that he smelled like pot is why her face looks a little um, displeased during this scene? But I think that I think that's almost certainly a reason for sure. I mean, I don't. I feel like we've kind of like talked some shit about her acting in this movie, and this 
kiss. It's like, maybe it's because he was stoned that he looks so delighted. Like, yeah. maybe he's like having like a stoner moment, but she like he's so good in that in this moment. Honestly, this is what I would expect from like a high school play where you have to like you're partnered up, you know, Romeo and Juliet and you're playing Juliet opposite this guy who just really you wish that it had been ca- anybody else sure. cast as Romeo. Yeah. Or, you know, flip flop it. But sure. and right. It, right. but but yeah, like she looks like she is just doing this because she's getting paid to and not because she actually wants to. Maybe she's going for ingenue, but also sultry. Like, maybe she's yeah. trying to do, like, like a... a smolder sort of deal? Yeah. Or, like, a, you know, wonder at this thing that is happening. Like, I don't know. If that's what she's going for, I don't think it comes across. For me. Two things have occurred to me. One is, I like the headcanon that every time... Ethan Embry and Jennifer Love Hewitt filmed a scene. He thought it was the kissing scene, so he would go in for a kiss every single time. Oh, jeez. Everyone was like, no, Ethan, no, cut. All right, we got it, good. Just, Ethan, back to the trail. He's like, okay, do, 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 do. <laughs> and then in this scene, they kiss, and he pulls back, and he's like, I did it. Blocking. <laughs> <laughs> I never noticed how much this is like that thing you do. This movie at the end of this movie is yeah. just like that thing you do. Yeah. When spoilers for that thing you do, it shouldn't be spoilers. You should already be well versed in that thing you do. I don't know why I think that, but it's an American classic. Because so. it's an extremely good movie, and if you've listened mm. to us for any length of time, it's you're no stranger to the fact that we love <laughs> that movie. <laughs> right. So when Guy and Faye kiss, they kiss the first time, and she pulls back, and she's she does this thing. Liv Tyler does this thing with her face where. She kind of is like, huh, interesting. All right, that was sample one. Let me go in for another sample. And like in that second kiss, you see her face like processing. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, it really works for me. Because she. it feels like she's like, huh, okay, kissing him. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's kind of nice. Wait, uh, is sure it isn't just first kiss? No, it... Huh. And like, sort of just like the thought of going through. Does Jennifer Love Hewitt do a sort of furrowed brow thing in this? Yes. And I think yeah. maybe what she's going for is what Liv Tyler did in that thing you do. Because I, yeah. I I think you're absolutely right. Like, it really works for me, too. Like, you can see her processing. This is like, I've only kissed Jimmy right. for so long. Right. I never thought I was going to kiss Guy. Right. And now I'm kissing Guy. And this is weird, but... I kind of dig it. Yeah, I exactly. think let's let's check. Do I dig it? Oh yeah, yeah. No, no, I do dig it. I I'm I am here for this, <laughs> yeah. and it's almost like Jennifer Love Hewitt is going for the same thing. Like yeah. I've only ever kissed Mike. Right. This is weird, and kind of hot, mm-hmm. and unexpected, and I think I like it. Uh-huh. And the, at, at which point Preston is like. Hell yeah, kiss number two, and just like <laughs> dives in for it. But for me, Amanda's furrowed brow doesn't come across as like like there's not there doesn't seem to be as you can't see the pro, like the thoughts going on. You can't see the wheels turning behind her eyes. It, it almost looks like instead of huh, I kind of like that. Did I like that? It's more like huh. All right, well, I guess let's take another shot at this. 
<laughs> like, yeah. Almost like th- that wasn't, huh, okay, well, first kiss jitter, like the opposite almost, like the mirror image of what, of what Yeah, happened. and it's, it's weird for me to be sitting here thinking, you know, Liv Tyler did that so much better. Because, like, I mean, Liv Tyler's a perfectly fine actress. I've never thought, like, honestly, I've never really thought of her in one direction or the other when it yeah. comes to her acting ability. Like, she's... Hey, that's Oni direction. Yeah, that's right. The, the In Oni direction or the other. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to make, like, a Harry Styles joke, but no. Nope. You, ke- you kept it topical, and I appreciate that. My second note for this, second and final note for this minute is yeah. seven hours later, Preston finally got on a train to Boston. Amanda wrote him a letter for every day that he was away. They are still together. A couple of things. It took him four years to write her one letter. And she's like, motherfucker, this is how you write letters. One every day. Here you mm-hmm. go. Boom. Letter two. Here you go. <laughs> yes. So she's not a writer. Like he is. So she's probably not well versed in the art of the first, second, third, fourth, fifth draft. Uh-huh. Also, I do think that it's more appropriate for her to write him a letter every day now that they're together than it would have been for him to write her a letter every day for the entirety of high school. <laughs> she would have had to get a restraining order. Can you imagine him hauling around the trunk of letters? Oh, I was thinking if he had actually delivered it to her and just oh, every no. single day she opens her locker and she's like, it's another fucking letter from that weirdo Preston from the freshman Pop-Tart English. The stalker has struck again. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's even better. And see, now in like 2021, he could write her a letter every single day and just hand her a thumb drive. Right. It wouldn't be a thumb drive. He would like... Like a big in um, the first Sex and the City movie. He wrote her, like, it was it was an email, because it was the 2010s or right. 20, 2009s, but he sent an, an email every day of, like, a romantic letter to her, oh. and then she opened them all at once, and, like, read them all at once. Oh, okay. I don't remember the Sex and the City movie at all. I know you had to watch it recently for that project <laughs> you were doing. It's so weird you don't remember the finer points of the Sex and the City movie, Erin. I'm, I'm just disappointed. I know, I know. I, <laughs> I think I saw the second one before I saw the first one. Mm. I saw the second I, one in theaters. I saw the first one in theaters. I don't remember. I know I saw the first. Like I know I saw the first one. Yeah. But I don't remember literally anything about it. Yeah. There were camels in the second one. Yes. That's all I remember about the second one. So. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Aiden is in the second one, and and Big is the only one in the first one. Oh okay. Yep. Don't even remember that. Yep. Yeah. That. That would be better nowadays because you could just be like, in case of you are cool with the first letter, uh, here you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, okay. I mean, they are still together is another one of those things we talked about last week where it's like, still, uh, how still? What what does that mean? Where is your tense coming from? Yeah. Is this now August and the right. like? The movie took place in June and now it's August, or the movie took place in June of 1998 and it's now 2021. Right. Somewhere in between, somewhere past 2021. Like, yeah. What what does they are still together mean? And you're not supposed to parse it down like this. Right. But we are who we are, and we can't help it, and we make no apologies. Exactly. Sorry, that's just the way we are. Um, so we, uh, I was going to look up something 
Um, and then I realized that I don't want to talk about it. But, listener, if you are curious, Ethan Embry has some thoughts about where Amanda and Preston are now that are unflattering. Oh. So. Will you send me uh, that link? Because. I will. I will find it. Yeah. It's. Yeah. Everything that I have heard about Ethan Embry during the filming of this movie really yeah. disappoints me. Yeah. Like, bullied his way into the lead role and then spent the entire filming process stoned out of his gourd. Right. Is being unflattering about where the characters might be is saying he doesn't want to do a reunion unless they pay him more like right and you know we don't know where he was in the uh, uh, personally in those places and sure whatever but ugh. <laughs> it's it's it just not, it makes me sad yeah. because the characters i've seen him like the characters that i think of when i hear the name ethan embry are preston the bass player, Mark, and they're all so just like gleeful mm-hmm. and happy and like sweet. innocent, sweet, sweet babies. Yeah. And it makes me really sad to think that the person who portrayed those characters might actually be a little bit of an asshole. Yeah. Or, or at, yeah. at the very least, definitely has the capability to be a lot of bit of an asshole. Sure. Absolutely. It absolutely. just makes me sad. Yeah. I just want people to, you know, be just like their characters. Exactly. And they love that. Um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right. Well, then let's shake off. Let's shake off those those bad vibes and uh, cast the wonders as played by people from Can't Hardly Wait if Mike is Jimmy and uh, Guy is Preston. Okay. I mean, obviously, Amanda's Faye. Right. Klepto Kid is the bass player, because he never says mm-hmm. anything. Yep, yep. I think, I think Kenny is Steve Lenny. Zahn. Yeah. Kenny Kenny's and Lenny. Lenny. Yeah, Kenny is Lenny. That's, yeah. I'd like to put forth cop number one as Mr. White. Okay. I was going to put William as Mr. White, but it would mm. have to be like an aged up alternate universe William. Can William be Chad? Yes. Who breaks his arm and is just yes. with the family? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's... Oh, I want to see... Oh, Girl Whose Party It Is is absolutely um, Guy's sister. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, to the point where I'm not entirely convinced that they're not actually the same person, even in actual universe, not alternate universe. Right. Right. Yearbook Girl is a groupie. Sure. Who's Diane Dane? Uh, oh, tr- uh, Trip McNeely. Oh, perfect, perfect, perfect. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Our, Ugh, yep. Or can't hardly that's... wait in that thing you do the same movie. Oh my gosh, wait a minute. Are they the same movie? I think they might be the same movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ethan, we know you don't want to do a can't hardly wait, can't hardly wait reunion movie. Would you do that thing you do, reunion movie, where you play you from Can't Hardly Wait? Am I stoned again? What's happening? <laughs> I So I realize we left out Denise. I would like to put in mm. Denise for Mr. White. Okay. Okay. Oh, then cop number one is the guy with the really nice trailer who's asking us to sign a contract. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I think that um, the angel is all of the Chantrelines. Yep. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Cool. I think we did it. I think we, I think we, we solved the problem that we didn't know we had. Exactly. I love hey, it when we do that. I do too. 
Um, so two pictures. So then we go to credits. Oh, and right. The first thing <laughs> we have is uh, pictures of the principal cast, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I wrote down two that I really liked. Uh, one was Charlie Corsmo's picture, which is where he's covering his face and has like a wait one minute uh, like finger out, mm-hmm. um, which is lovely. And then Peter Facinelli's one is like someone to the right of the camera told like like Seth Green was standing to the right of the camera and just just cracking everybody up. Yes. He looks like he is in the middle of cracking up at someone to the right. Yes. And I, I love it very, very much. I do too. I think Brecken Meyer, the lead singer, plays uh Wolfgang, the guy who replaces the bass player. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh Wolfman. The, um... Wolfman, not Wolfgang. Yeah, Wolfman. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah, I can see that. Man, now I want to watch that thing you do again. It's, man, what a great movie. It really is. All right, so then we have a song that starts playing, and it is the titular track. It is Can't Hardly Wait by The Replacements. Mm-hmm. I knew that. You sure did. It's the last track on their 1987 <laughs> album, Please to Meet Me. Uh, it marked a departure from their punk roots, as you can tell from how the song has horns and kind of a jaunty feel to it. Okay. So I have a little bit about The Replacements. Um, They were an American rock band formed in Minneapolis in 1979. Initially a punk rock band, they are considered one of the pioneers of alternative rock. The band was composed of the guitarist and vocalist Paul Westerberg, guitarist Bob Stinson, bass guitarist Tommy Stinson, and drummer Chris Mars for most of his career. Following several acclaimed albums, including Let It Be and Tim. That's right. The Replacements uh, called one of their albums Let It Be, which is badass in how just thumbing their nose at everything. That's, it's kind of... That's almost a Budweiser move. Yeah. It's it's almost... Actually, what it, what it reminds me of is Fall Out Boy calling one of their songs Thriller. Yeah. It's like, hey, we know. No, 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 no. We know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the thing is... Well, I guess at the time that Fall Out Boy called that song Thriller, Fall Out Boy was not as Fall Out Boy as they ended up becoming. Like they, mm-hmm. they like that was kind of at the beginning of their career. I was about to say at least Fallout Boy is Fallout Boy, right? But like, no, I would say that there are people who were into the scene in the '80s who would say that the replacements were the replacements. That's but. possible, but I don't know who they are. So exactly, unlike many of their underground <laughs> contemporaries, the replacement play, the replacements played heart on the sleeve rock songs that combined Westerberg's raw throated adolescent howl with self deprecating lyrics. The replacements were notoriously wayward live act, often performing under the influence of alcohol and playing fragments of covers instead of their own material. Oh, it sounds like I would hate one of their live shows. I would say that a soundtrack where other bands are playing is probably the best and only place I would be like, Aaron's ears are going to hear the replacements. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. Yeah. (laughs) So it's, I mean, this song is a lot more accessible than other songs I've heard by them. So that is the replacements and that is the and it is the song that this movie is named after and that is all I have for this minute. All right. Well, which one of us should do social media? I'll do social media okay. today and you can do social media tomorrow. That works for me. We have social media and we don't keep it on a thumb drive to give you at the end of a 4-year stint. We have it right now and here it is. Hey everyone, it's James. We have social media and it is a Twitter handle for this podcast 
and that is at je underscore minute movies. Uh, we also have individual Twitter handles. Mine is uh, at unabashed James, and I'm at unabashedly Aaron. I didn't stumble over that part. Yay! Yay! <laughs> we are a part of the Scavengers Network, who you can find on Twitter at ScavengersNet, and who you can find on their website, our website, the website, a website, scavengersnetwork.com, which you can find pictures of people, some of them are us, um, merch, some of which are for our show, and links to podcasts, one of which is this one, right here. All of that is true words that you said. Uh, Actually, the scavengersnetwork.com uh, James and Aaron Minute Movies uh, page that, that Colin has thrown all of us into, mm-hmm. all of the things we do, is really cool because it's every show in like a little player. So if you're like, I think I'm going to dabble around with Crossroads Minute and then a little bit of Newsies Minute, you can do that all on one page and it's very, very cool. That is true. I was looking for something, uh, actually I thought I missed putting Damn It on the Can Hardly Wait soundtracks uh, Spotify playlist, which I'll make public uh, when this one goes up, when I hear it. Yeah. And I searched Minute, whatever, and I got Crossroads Minute, and I was like, who is, oh, oh, right, okay, never mind. (laughs) And like, it was so weird to see old notes for a movie we we aren't doing anymore. It's, it's wild. Oh, you searched it like in your notes app? In my, in my my Gmail where I keep, I make make draft emails. Okay. Um. Because when I before I got this computer, my notes app was just on my phone. Okay. Uh, I would if I was starting now, I would do notes on my notes app. Okay. Um, but yeah. that's where I do it. But so I yeah. just assumed that you did it the same way I do, for no <laughs> for that. no good reason. I just assume everything is the way I do it. I, I you know I'm 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 the same way. I'm the same way. Hey, I just realized that um, if anyone was was thinking about it or, or wondering about it. I stopped in the middle of a sentence to talk about them, uh, them naming the album Let It Be. Uh, following several acclaimed albums, including Let It Be and Tim, Bob Stinson was kicked out of the band in 1986, and Slim Dunlap joined as lead guitarist. I just wanted to mention that because it's the end of a sentence, and also oh. the name Slim Dunlap is a badass name for anyone. Do we know why Bob got kicked out? I think probably drugs? Probably. It sounds like that's a plus for all of them though and it's, it sounds sort of like uh they like if you have if you get kicked out for for drugs and then the band that you're in is like the druggy boozy band anyway it's like yipes <laughs> he didn't get kicked out so much as he like wasn't physically capable of being in the band anymore it says, though exact circumstances of the split remain murky, published explanations include Westber- Westerberg's commercial aspirations, pressure from Sire Records for more mainstream records, and Stinson's increasing substance abuse, prob- abuse problems. Whether he was thrown out for the way he ele- his alleged alcohol problems had destroyed his skills or he left voluntarily due to creative tension is a moot point, according to Prefix ma- Magazine. What matters is this. Stinson was gone, and with him went pretty... With him went much of the band's edge. Oh, so. okay. Well, so we don't know, but uh, he did leave and took something with him. All of their guitars. I'm taking these with me. <laughs> That's my Bob Stinson impression, and you. It was a probably great. Probably can't Bob tell Stinson me if impression. it was good or bad. It, no, it was excellent. I'm Bob Stinson. See, great, great job. Anyways, mm-hmm. you know uh, my favorite replacement song is uh, is actually a Bob Stinson penned track. Uh, do you know what it's called? I have a guess, but I've already made one guess on this episode, and I got it right, so I don't want to tempt fate mm-hmm. um, and and maybe get it wrong. So why don't you just tell me? 
the track is called Aaron Should Tempt Fate. And the first line is, time, you know, is honeys. <gasps> That's right. And the chorus just goes, go hot dogs. Yeah, love that song. <laughs> Great song. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.